Life is not about waiting for the storm to pass, but learning to dance in the rain. Hello and welcome to episode 188 of Under the Call of MS, an MS Deep Dives episode. When you have MS, your body's white blood cells attack the central nervous system. The central nervous system consists of the brain and spinal cord. MS attacks cause inflammation and strips the body's nerves of their protective coating, the myelin, in a process known as demyelination, leaving the nerves vulnerable. This reduces their ability to transmit electrical signals to the brain, and when the brain is unable to interpret the nerve signals it is receiving, it tries to relate them to a sensation it has already experienced, including burning, itching, etc. Really, really annoying. You feel like you're stabbed when you aren't stabbed, you're shot, or cut, or burned, or it's just, it's just amazing how nerves can control everything, even though it's not even happening to you. That's where a character like Darkman gets a little lucky. <laughs> Might be burned up totally, but he doesn't feel a thing. But... Okay. A lot of us deal with itching uh, and other skin irritant issues, but itching can be... I thought for the longest time that most of the itching was like when you're wearing off a drug or something like that, you get the DTs and you get that little buggy feeling around things crawling on your skin and stuff. So I thought maybe that was what affected it, affected it, but it is a huge thing with multiple sclerosis. MS can call cause altered sensations on the skin, pruritus, which is itching a sensory abnormality, medically known as cutaneous dyscesia, which is associated with neurological nerve diseases like MS. We can also have painful stabbing, burning, etc. that can, can occur anywhere on our bodies, but it's most commonly uh, felt in known in the face, torso, arms, and legs areas, but I, I myself get them everywhere. These sensations are a type of neuropathic nerve pain and not usually associated with a relapse, but can be associated with a relapse or flare-up. I have them daily, so unless I'm having flare-ups and relapses every day, then it's definitely not related to that. Uh, itching is felt in the skin, but not caused by skin problems, such as allergies, irritation, or rash. It is from nerve damage caused by MS. Uh, can or may be resolved with, without treatment. It can come and go. Uh, ice packs may help. Massage, medications, ointments, anti-seizure meds, 
like anticonvulsants, um, neurotin, gabapentum, carbamazepine, fation, uh, antidepressants, certain ones, Atarax and hydrogene. Things like that can be used and attempted to help with it. Uh, but like most of us, they just come and go. And you can't really predict the time or a type that you're going to feel. So you got to weigh your risks and benefits with your medications and shit if you want to take different medications to try and get rid of it or you can just live with it like I do and work around it. If it was a permanent thing, then I'd look into like 24 hours a day, seven days a week type thing. Then I'd look into medications. But if I don't know when it's going to happen, I don't really see about using preventatives like that for it. But just more risks that you got to deal with from being on some of these weird medications. But check with your your physician, your PCP, your neurologist, and see what you can come up with for help with those type of things. A lot of us deal with walking impairment, gait issues. It's one of the most common symptoms of multiple sclerosis along with fatigue. It's known also as difficulties with ambulation or walking and gait walking patterns, which may cause us to walk unsteadily, trip, stumble, feel less confident in our ability to move around. Research has found that people with MS have a higher level of gait variability, changes in pattern and or speed than the general population, which can make us more fatigued and unstable and make us look like we're drunk in the middle of the day. Two most common gait, gait problems are stepping gait, also known as neuropathic gait, characterized by foot drop, where one foot will just drop toe down and you'll just drag it, trip on it, stuff like that. Neuropathic gait, is characterized by foot drop. Spastic gait is more common in people with spasticity issues. The limb can get stiff and drag in a semicircular semicircular motion. I've been walking more and more like this as my gait issues get worse. I've noticed. I'm kind of having a lot of problems on my right side because that's the side that's worked most and in the weirdest ways so it's uh, it's also gonna they see it causing hip issues with me in the future and stuff like that i already got tons of knee issues because of it uh like all ms symptoms gait impairments can vary significantly from person to person it's like our ms it's we all experience everything differently some may notice changes in the way they walk. Others may notice changes in their walking speed or step length. Most commonly reported walking difficulties in MS are taking slower or shorter steps. 
uh, feeling unsteady while walking or turning, tripping or stumbling, feeling heaviness in the legs when stepping forward, experiencing weakness in the legs when placing weight on them, difficulty in placing the foot firmly on the ground, which can some sometimes those pains are so extreme you cannot put pressure on your foot and i try to step down i've fallen before because of it try and quickly take the pressure off it reaching for support from walls furniture or other people or pet etc i'm constantly reaching out leaning against stuff using it for support structurally or walking wise or if you're just talking, you're constantly grabbing on to things because you can feel a little dizziness or tippiness. Some MSers feel pain along with the gait issues. Pain in your feet and or legs and or knees are very common with it. Uh, for some, walking problems can come on slowly. Others one month you can be walking fine and a few months later you can end up using a cane or a walker or a wheelchair or whatever different assisted devices some lucky ones maybe nothing will happen to you at all i pretty much have everything that we've talked about i've dealt with over the years and still have and many are getting worse monthly instead of yearly now, which really sucks. Can make us lose confidence, gain concerns of falling, assholes in public giving mistaken judgment that we're drunk in public. And so what if I was? <laughs> Not everybody's a first shifter. I could be a second or third shifter. Could have just got off work after being up for the last 12 hours, then I want to go out and have a drink in the morning when a bar opens and back off, asshole. <laughs> it's not none of your damn concern what I'm doing with my life. But yeah, their asses. Uh, social isolation and emotional challenges, challenges can come with gate issues. I know I, I try and do what I can because I want my wife to experience as much as possible. A lot of times when anything comes up, it's like, yeah, I know the trouble I'm going to struggle to get through that day, and I don't know what that day is going to offer, how it's going to start out, uh, what I'm going to experience the rest of the day. So, yeah, a lot of times I will avoid certain things, but I try and do th as much as I can. Got to get out there once in a while. Got to keep the socialization going now that the world's finally coming back together. People with MS are at a higher risk of falling and sustaining injuries from falls. Uh, there's new picks on my MS groups regularly of people with injuries and bruising and cuts and all that from falling. Uh, talk to your PC your PCP, your regular doctor, etc., your neuro about help with your tipping, falling, walking, etc., your therapist. Uh, there's a lot of different types of therapies you can do to help out with it nowadays. Some causes of gait 
and difficulties, well, gate difficulties in MS are problems with nerve signals, spasticity issues, balance issues, sensory problems, muscle weakness, fatigue, visual and cognitive problems, myelin damage, muscle tightening, cramps, ataxia, ataxia, whatever, however you say that, which is lack of muscle movement, numbness, pins and needles, jello limbs, fatigue, hard to move, visual perception, vertigo, visual movements, like I mentioned before, where all of a sudden the whole world will hop and spin and I visually see it and it really messes with my body feelings. I don't understand <laughs> what's causing that. It's got to be part of the optical degeneration, possibly. Ways to try and treat gait issues. You can try meds. Ampira is an oral med to improve walking in MS, which is one I'm currently kind of looking into. Gabapentin, dicofenic uh, mixes between with those two people have tried. Uh, dicofenic is a ointment I use on my knees and stuff. Doesn't really do much, but then I got nervous when I seen liver damage issues, so I backed off. And now, of course, I my latest test results show me having liver damage issues now. So. Yeah, I'm not too thrilled with that last result. I really didn't talk about it. I'm waiting on some more lab things, but yeah. Pretty much wasn't good news, but yeah, got to deal with it. More shit in my life for whatever fucked up thing I did in my past. I know I must have been a real bastard somewhere in time. But <laughs> Assistive devices. Um, you can listen to one of my pod, you know, multiple podcast episodes I've done about assistive devices. There's so many different ones out there. And like I recently mentioned, I was sadly excited about getting a walker from my wife and being able to get more movement in the yard and get around a little more. Got the seat on it so I can take breaks and go sit up on top of the hill and do some drawing or reading or some, whatever. Just yeah, super fun life. <laughs> I'm gonna write a book one day from man and more from boy to bicycle to man to machine to man in a wheelchair. <laughs> Exercise and physical therapy, like I've suggested, DDP yoga. Amazon, YouTube has tons of free videos out there. There's bed exercise and everything. So no matter what position you're in, chair, bed, walking, there's different types of levels for everybody. All prevention. You can wear safe, low-heeled shoes. Be conscious of your surroundings, like wet floors, steps, textures, uh, safety at home, areas. You want clear, you don't want cords, carpets, etc. that you're going to trip and fall over. But check those out. And I'm going to get back to you with some more MS information in a second. Okay, so the other day my wife comes home. And she's like, have 
why aren't you on clemestine fumarate? It supposedly rebuilds myelin in people with MS. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of this. And so she had this uh, piece of paper that she had. They got at their pharmacy. I don't know if I mentioned it in the past. My wife works for a pharmacy. She's not a pharmacist, but she's an assistant. And uh, they got this advertisement in their mail. And it's talking about their clemestine fumarate as a therapy for multiple sclerosis. They did a 150-day double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled crossover trial of clemestine fumarate. 5.36 milligrams twice daily in patients with relapsing multiple sclerosis with chronic demyelinating optic neuropathy on Im- immunomodulatory therapy. And it seems that they had less latency issues throughout the trial and with the clemastine and then the placebo only showed like three to six percent but this was the first randomized controlled trial to document efficacy of a remyelinating drug for the treatment of chronic demyelinating injury in multiple sclerosis the findings suggest that myelin repair can be achieved even following prolonged damage. Uh, preclinical data unequivocally showed that clemestine fumarate promotes oligodendrocyte precursor differentiation 2, comma 3, and remyelination 3 to 7 without modulating the immune system. Serious adverse events did not occur during the trial. Few adverse events were reported. A modest worsening of fatigue from baseline across both cohorts for the period on treatment versus the period off treatment. Uh, it's, it's available in a variety of doses and formulations. Uh, the brand names run from clemestine fumarate, to allergy relief, to dehist allergy, and it's like an antihistamine for it, and they have different different strengths depending on what you're using it for. So I didn't get much information off that, so I looked to the internet, put a few questions out on my MS sites, see if we could find anybody that actually tried this stuff. Uh, but some of the members mentioned things like clinical. Well, I, I looked into all the clinical trials and stuff, information I could find. And it was pretty much around 2017 with the clinical trial updates that were online. Uh, it's basically an antihistamine. Info show, shows some repair, but no solid evidence. Bexarotene. Uh, a member said was on trial and people found it tolerable with various MRI scans showing some remyelination, 
but a study did not progress. There was apparently thyroid issues. One member mentioned uh, lion's mane, a person says, has been shown to promote myelin in animal studies. And I, I drink lion's mane, mushroom tea and stuff. My myelin isn't getting any better. Uh, Tavist is the name that it ran under for a while. I don't know if it still does, but it was taken off the market apparently, but may be able to get by prescription, a person said. Alpha-lipoic acid, a member says. Studies have shown it supports myelin rebuilding and protection. One member says, change your diet, and self-promoted a website. For that fact, I don't know what that had to do with my question at hand. A uh, person was on it for sinus and allergy issues, but the neuro, his neurologist never said anything about it repairing myelin. And a pharmacist said no one prescribes it anymore. And that was a few years ago. Been around since the 1960s as an antihistamine. It's in stage three trials for MS currently, apparently. Uh, I've never heard of it. Uh, someone else said they never heard of it, and there is no cure for MS, <laughs> which is agreed. Uh, someone says, don't forget up, <laughs> don't give up, <laughs> because miracles happen. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not waiting on no damn miracles. Uh, myelin can regenerate itself as long as the damage has not gone down to the axon, says one person, that they have MRI proof that they're on Copaxone for 20 years, then Ampira since 2010, and has gone from cane to walker to scooter to walker to cane to walking unassisted. So that's something that to look into. A person had a friend who tried it, and it didn't help him at all. Uh, it was seen in trial with metformin, apparently on stage three and going to add to their treatment. A person got a prescription, had a rash, and was getting an antihistamine anyways, so he took the normal dose of this medication, and his rash cleared up, and he didn't seem to make any other differences, so forgot about it, and then read an article about 10 milligram a day doses, for myelin regeneration and Tavagil clamistane got he got it from a website and started it with five milligrams a day for two days and felt like an ineffectual zombie after taking it. Walking became impossible. And he stopped it because he had stuff to do and couldn't understand how someone could do 10 milligrams a day for four months if he felt like that with just five milligrams a day. 
He did later manage to climb the stairs to his bed on his own, which he hasn't done since his last relapse, and plans on taking more of this when he has a few days off to see what else happens. Uh, most online info is just all from 2015 to 2018, and it was first approved by FDA in 1977. It's been over-the-counter since 1993. Tavist comes in a 10.72 milligram daily type uh, form. Uh, remyelination, immunomodulator, emerging treatment for relapsing remitting MS. It's acute demyelinating optic neuritis, which has completed phase two clinical trials and is going into phase three. Clemestine fumarate is an oral antihistamine that works by promoting the development of myelin making cells called oligodendrocytes, suppresses the immune system in animal studies and people without MS. Uh, tests are mainly routed around optic testing. So I don't know if it does much if you don't have optic neuritis issues and stuff like that. Participant recruitment for recovery recover trial is ongoing. It's R capital R E capital C O V E R. If you want to look up that trial, but it's ongoing, the anticipated completion date for that trial is August 2022. So I'm guessing that's phase three part of it. But yeah, the wife just talked about that and brought in flyers. So I had to know more. So I looked into it. And, and it looks more like it's for optic issues with. MS, but yet it sounds like other characters may have had some remyelinating benefits outside of the optic area, so I don't know fully. I can't find much more information. I got multiple questions out there, and I'll keep you posted if I hear any other information on it in the near future from some members. Uh, then just Let's just end this with some little weird weekly news. I don't know if you've heard this, but the Department of Defense is releasing UFO videos and evidence. Finally. Finally think we're old enough and smart enough that we can handle some UFO evidence. They've been tracking them for 70 plus years, so the report is set to come out June 25th of 2021. I'm curious what the report has to say, if they'll do some more cover ups on the report itself. Uh, it'll be interesting. I'm going to keep an eye out. I'll let you know if I see anything of interest. They have a few uh, videos out there you can check out from pilots and stuff that made reports about UFOs and talking about what they've seen and sub people on subs and stuff like that. So they're interesting videos, but yeah, anything can be played with nowadays. And with our phone technology and the cameras we have nowadays, we're still getting crappy videos, which 
That's just so annoying. Um, but hey, what you gonna do? I know I've experienced a few things in my lifetime. <laughs> uh, I was standing with me, my wife, and a buddy of mine. His wife was in the house. So she missed out on it, but all three of us were coming in the back door for our bonfire, and we looked up, and there was a very bright light in the sky, and we all seen it, and don't know what happened with that. <laughs> I've had other little experiences with seeing things that I couldn't explain. Uh, that was a unique one where all three of us seen it at the same time. It's like maybe it was just a, a light replanting our three asses back on Earth after they probed us. Who knows? <laughs> That's why I had to go get the colonoscopy. My colonoscopy was cleaner than expected. <laughs> All right, that's enough about that. Uh, you'd be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick the shit out of the monster. Keep them at bay. Don't let that thing attack your myelin. Protect those sheaths, and we will get back to you with some more, more wonderful podcasts in the near future. <laughs>